increase. In the name of Jesus. Well, you know, lots of times I don't really know totally what I am going to minister on Sunday night until usually Sunday afternoon. And part of that is because I get blessed when Pastor Mark preaches. Do you guys get blessed? I get revelation and I get inspiration. And he'd already told me he was going to be doing double. And and the man of God said, you know, I think you're supposed to teach on double, double joy. So I knew that I was going to go that direction. But I didn't know exactly how it was all going to come together. But thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. He was speaking to me today during the message as I know he was speaking to you as well. And I went home and I looked up. The word double. I don't know. For me, I just need to sometimes see a greater explanation or just an expounding, even on simple words, because it usually triggers something in my spirit. And it did. Of course, the word double means this. Twice as much in size, power, quantity, or amount. Anybody want twice as much? Now, we want twice as much of the good things. We don't want twice as much trouble, trials, and tribulations. Twice as much of the goodness of God. And listen to this. To make or become twice as great. Which is awesome too, isn't it? Praise the Lord. But this one spoke to me. There's lots of different definitions. But this one spoke to me today. And this one is to reverse the direction. To reverse the direction. And it went on to say, double back if you've made a wrong turn. Double back if you're going the wrong direction. And what the Lord spoke to me today was this, that there's some folks that have been on the wrong road. Some people here that have been on the road of lack. And the Spirit of God is saying, turn around. Double back. Turn around and get off of that road. Get off of that road of sickness and disease. Make a turnaround. Hallelujah. Let's do it now. Turn around in the realm of the Spirit. Everybody turn around. Woo! Just stand up and turn around. Woo! <laughs> Glory to God. There's a turnaround in the realm of the Holy Ghost. There's a turnaround for this church. Glory to God. And listen to this. We're getting off of the single lane. We're getting on the double lane highway. Hallelujah. Woo! When you're going down a little single road, you get stuck behind trucks, you get stuck behind whatever, and it slows up your journey. But on a double road, hallelujah, on a double highway, you can get around those obstacles a lot faster. You can make quicker progress. So that's what I'm here dropped by to tell you tonight. We're in the double highway. Hallelujah. We're in the double lanes of blessing. Glory to God. And we're making a turnaround. And when you make a turnaround, you know what you need to do? Go back into the enemy's camp and take back what he has stolen from you. We're reversing. We're turning around. We're reversing the curse. Hallelujah. And we're going to go back into the enemy's camp. And we're going to take what he stole from us. And we're going to get double for our trouble. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Anybody with me tonight? Well, pastor started off reading this scripture today. And I'm just, it's a good one. So we're going to start there again in Isaiah chapter 61. 
This is an awesome chapter. The first four verses of it are really powerful. If you'll remember, it was out of this chapter that Jesus preached his first message. Over in Luke, when he began to talk about what he came to do, he was quoting Isaiah chapter 61. We won't read all of that, but we want to just look at verse 7. And we're going to look at it in the Amplified. Instead of your former shame, you shall have a twofold recompense. Instead of dishonor and reproach, your people shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess. Everybody say. They shall possess what? What they had forfeited, an everlasting joy, shall be theirs. Glory to God. I want to look at this scripture just in a little bit of depth into this scripture. First of all, he said, you're not going to have any more shame. That is a tactic of the enemy to keep us out of the double blessing. He'll bring stuff to your mind. He'll bring stuff about your past. He'll remind you of your failures, of your insecurities, of your shortcomings. And he'll say, you don't deserve any better than what you have. Look what you did. Look what you didn't do. You don't deserve the double blessing. And he tries to bring shame and reproach upon us. And he tries to remind us of all the things that we did wrong in our past. Well, when the devil comes at you with those lies, and they are lies. Because if you have repented, where are those things? They're under the blood. They're in the sea of forgetfulness. God is not accounting our trespasses against us. He's not holding that against you. The blessings of God coming into our lives are not contingent on what we did in the past. They're contingent on what we do right now. What we do today. Are you using your faith today? Are you walking in the light of the word of God today? Then you are a candidate to possess the devil. And when the devil comes and says, oh, all this shame on you, shame on you. You can't have this. You just say, devil, my things that about my past may not be so bright, but let me tell you this. Your past has got a lot of history in it too. Jesus whipped you. Hallelujah. Jesus conquered you. He destroyed the effects of your power in my life. And even saying, devil, my future is bright, but your Yours isn't. Hallelujah. Your past is full of a whooping from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And your future, you're going to be cast into that eternal pit. Hallelujah. We're blessed and you are cursed. That's what we need to tell the devil. You are a liar and I'm not buying into your lies. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's not ashamed of me. I'm a king. I'm a child of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. Know who you are. Don't buy into that shame. And then he tells us here, you're going to receive a twofold recompense. Pastor talked about it this morning. Recompense. It comes from the same root word as we get compensate. Why do you get compensate? What do they do on your job? They give you workers compensation. Why do you get workers compensation? In case you get hurt 
on the job. What this is saying to us, God is saying to us, you might get hurt in life. And we've all experienced that. You might get hurt by people, by situations, by circumstances. You may get robbed from. You may get lied about. You may get stolen from. But I, hallelujah, have got... A good plan for you. I'll take your case, he's saying. And the Lord Jesus has never lost a case. Sometimes when workers' comp is involved, you got to get an attorney to get what is rightfully yours. We've got an attorney. We have a high priest. We have an advocate. Glory to God. And when he steps to center stage on our behalf, guess what he's going after? He's going after double. He's going after double from what the enemy tried to steal from us. And I got good news for you. The Lord Jesus Christ, our advocate, has never lost a case. Woo! Hallelujah! You've been hurt. You need some compensation. Get it in the realm of the spirit. Get it from the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Now, I know that people go through all sorts of difficulties. I know you experience hurt and pain. And I know there are broken relationships that come into our lives. Years ago, when I was first got this revelation about double for your trouble, I was speaking at a women's conference. And I just feel prompted right now to share this. Many of you have heard it. Some of you may not, though. But as I was ministering under the unction of the Holy Spirit, he told me to tell some ladies there that had gone through a very difficult divorce that he was going to give them double for their trouble. And then he went on to, you know, you got to explain things. No, not two men. You're not going to get two men. Nobody claimed that. What in the world would you want two for? One's plenty, right? Oops, 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 oops. (laughs) But this is for somebody here tonight, man or woman, that you have suffered a heart-wrenching, painful divorce or loss through a mate maybe passing on. God says he's going to give you double. He's going to recompense you. He's going to give you someone that's going to treat you twice as nice as that other person. Hallelujah. If you're in that category, you lay hold of that. And you say, I'm taking double right now. He's healing my past hurts and he's giving me somebody twice as good. Anybody want to take that? Reach up and receive it right now. Pastor Kimberly, you can't take that. (laughs) She's just excited for everybody else. You already got double there. You got double blessed. Amen. (laughs) Now look what else it says here. This stood out to me today as well. Therefore in their land. They shall possess double. There are contingencies on possessing double. First of all, you got to be born again. You've got to be doing what God's told you to do. You've got to be walking according to the word of God. And you have to be in your land. What does that mean? They shall possess double in their land. That means you've got to be in the right place. You've got to grow where God has planted you. You can't be like that old song that pastor likes to quote. Papa was a rolling stone. You can't be rolling and cruising from church to church. 
You can't be where you know you're barely long enough in one place for anybody to know your name. If God has planted you in the house of the Lord, you need to plant there and you need to grow there. Amen. There's a supply of the spirit that is connected to you being connected. There's a supply of the Spirit. There's an anointing for increase that comes when you're in your right place. And that doesn't just mean living in the right place. Most importantly, it means connected with the local body that God has joined you together with. That stood out to me today. In their land, they shall possess double. Double comes. And another thing about double here, we'll put that scripture back up there. In their land, they shall possess double. And what does joy, what does double come with? And everlasting joy will be theirs. Everlasting joy. There's no end to the joy of the Lord. There's no joy shortage in heaven. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Let's lift our hands and thank him for the joy of the Lord. That is our strength. Everlasting joy is available. Hallelujah. Now listen to what that verse says in the message translation. You don't have to put this up there, but it says this. Because you got a double dose of trouble. And we don't want to top that trial, but I think all of us could say, yeah, I've been there, done that. Double dose of trouble. And more than your share of contempt, listen to this, your inheritance in your land will be doubled and your joy go on forever. Woo! Joy go on forever. There is a continual supply of the force of joy. Now some of you are looking at me like, well now sister, if I have everlasting joy why am I so sad why am I so sorry why am I so depressed why am I so sick you said we have everlasting joy well you know what the experience of walking in joy is like everything else in the kingdom of God it's been provided it's available but we have to do something about tapping in to this joy. It's not automatic. When you first got born again, you got the joy of the Lord, the joy of your salvation. Amen. But even the psalmist David said, Oh Lord, revive that joy of my salvation. Why is that? Because we leak. Things that happen in the world can cause that joy to be sapped out of us and we have the obligation the honor and the privilege to keep that joy stirred up on the inside of us now how in the world do we keep this joy stirred up on the inside of us well i'm glad that you ask we're going to look over at the book of philippians philippians chapter 4 i want to look at this in the amplified philippians chapter 4 verse 4 in the amplified Hallelujah. hallelujah everybody happy to be here tonight Thank you, Lord, for your word. Philippians 4, 4 in the Amplified. Rejoice in the Lord when you feel like it. Rejoice in the Lord when all the bills are paid. Rejoice in the Lord when you don't have any troubles, cares, or concerns. 
No, it says rejoice in the Lord. How often? Always. Always rejoice in the Lord. And then he goes on to say, delight, gladden yourselves. It's awesome to come to church and we should come to church and hear an anointed word from our pastor and hear an anointed word on joy. But you can sit here and have me read you hundreds of scriptures on joy and still sit there like a sourpuss. If you don't make the decision to gladden yourselves in him. And then it was so important that we know to rejoice that the apostle Paul said, again, I say rejoice. Hallelujah. You know what it means to rejoice? It means to do it again. You can't rejoice if you've never joiced. You got to joyce first. You got to enter into the joy of the Lord first. And then you got to have many times of rejoicing. You put re in the front of a lot of our English words. And what does it mean? Do it again. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. But did anybody in here have to repeat a class in school? You had to take it over. How about did has anybody ever recharged a battery in their car? Has anybody ever refinished furniture? Has anybody ever refueled your car? You know, you could say to me, you know what? I put fuel in my car three months ago. But I guarantee you, if you put fuel in your car three months ago and you didn't refuel since then, you didn't drive that car to church tonight. Because that car is most definitely on E, unless you haven't taken it out of your driveway. If we use fuel, we got to refuel. When we use the joy of the Lord on tests and trials and things that come our way, we have to rejoice. We got to fill ourselves back up with the joy of the Lord. Too many believers, they want to live on yesterday's or last year's or last decade's infilling of the joy of the Lord. It does not work that way. The joy of the Lord needs to be entered into new and fresh every day. The Apostle Paul wrote the book of Philippians that we're reading out of. And in this book... The Apostle Paul used the word joy or rejoice 16 times in four short chapters. He had a revelation of the power of the joy of the Lord. And you know where the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Philippians from? Prison. He was in prison when he was writing about joy in the Lord. Rejoice. In the Lord, always. He had tapped into something. And he was determined that his circumstances around him and his present condition of being confined in prison behind bars was not going to steal his joy. That ought to challenge us today. That we are not going to let the devil steal our joy. It's a shame how sometimes just a little traffic on 880 can cause us to lose our joy. Or we're real hot and we're hungry and we want to go get some ice cream. And we go to the ice cream parlor and there's a long line and we lose our joy. Man, 
I got to wait 10 minutes for ice cream. I want it now. Lose our joy over it. But Paul was in prison and he remained full of the joy of the Lord. You know why? He was in prison, but prison wasn't in him. The joy of the Lord was what was on the inside of him. And it sustained him. Hallelujah. Now, I quote this scripture a lot, but I want to pull up Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10 in the King James Version. There's some other stuff in there about just the joy of the Lord being our strength. There's important things in the beginning of that verse. Hallelujah. Nehemiah 8.10 in the King James, it says, Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day, everybody say, this day, day. is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. This was particular instruction to the people of Israel about not to be grieved. But what stood out to me was this. This day is holy unto our Lord. Didn't the psalmist David have something to say about this day? He said in Psalms 118 verse 24, he said, This is the day that the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. What this verse is saying to us, if you will start every day committed unto the Lord, in your mind, in your heart, if you will say, this day is holy unto the Lord. This day is the day that the Lord hath made. And I choose to rejoice. And I'm going to be glad in it. It will make a huge difference in how your day goes. If you make that quality decision first thing in the morning to say, this day is holy unto the Lord. And I'm going to rejoice in the Lord this day. I'm going to be glad in the Lord this day. And when I do that, guess what's going to happen? There's going to be strength that infuses my inner being. I'm going to be empowered with power from on high. I'm going to be equipped and I'm going to be empowered and I'm going to be ready to face anything and everything that comes at me this day because I have committed this day as holy unto the Lord. I have said, this is the day that the Lord hath made. And I'm going to rejoice in it. Now, is it every day that you wake up? And oh, I'm telling you, you wake up and oh, joy just overwhelms you. And your body is just like, woo, let's get up and praise the Lord. And all this thing, you know. No, I'm telling you this morning, I woke up. And my first thought when I looked at the clock was, good Lord, it's morning already. My body did not want to get out of bed. My body was like, oh, you need some more rest here. You need to just stay in bed. But I made a choice to rejoice. I jumped out of bed. Pastor saw me going down the hall and I was dancing. I was saying, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad in it. And you know what happened? Strength came into me. My eyes opened up and it was scary what I saw in the mirror, but they were open. (laughs) 
And I was like, oh, dear God, I should have woke up an hour early. This is some heavy-duty construction we need today. But, you know, he helped me get ready. (laughs) Hallelujah. Your flesh and your emotions and the devil will side in with them. And they will say, oh, don't rejoice. You don't want to open your mouth and praise the Lord. You don't want to sing unto the Lord. You don't want to quote the word of God. You don't want to get in the river of joy. Who tells us that? It's certainly not coming from God. Because he knows the benefits. We just read it here. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And if you don't tap into joy... You won't have any strength. And if you're not strong, you won't be able to run and to finish your race. God's got a race for us. God's got a course for your life. God's got a race for this church. And we're on that double lane highway. We're trucking on down. We're heading into the plan, the purpose, and the will of God full steam of head. But we know we have to do it in the strength of the Lord. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by His Spirit. It's by His strength. And it's by His ability. And having that strength comes from having that joy. Being filled with the Holy Ghost affects our joy level. We read it a couple of weeks ago. Acts chapter 13, 52, I believe it is. The disciples were filled with the Holy Ghost and filled with joy. It's connected. Hallelujah. We are not going to lose our joy. If your joy tank is on E, it's time to return to the source. It's time to do some serious rejoicing. Let's look at just a couple more scriptures here tonight. Over in Isaiah chapter 51, verse 11, in the King James, it says this. Therefore, the Isaiah 51, 11 in the King James. Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return. There it is again. This was just standing out to me today. There's some people that need to do a turnaround. There's some people that need to get off of the road they're on and get on the right road. And this scripture says, the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion and everlasting joy shall be upon their head. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and mourning is going to do what? Flee away. God doesn't want you operating under the heaviness of sorrow and mourning. He's got a cure for that. He's got joy and gladness. Hallelujah. He said the redeemed of the Lord shall return. If you've gotten off course, if you've letting that joy level get on E, return unto the Lord your God and begin to rejoice. Begin to magnify Him above what's happening in your life. Hallelujah. Now there's all sorts of expressions of joy. Pastor mentioned some this morning. This verse mentions come unto the Lord with singing. When you sing and praise the Lord, you're releasing joy. You can shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. Hallelujah. 
You can dance before the Lord. David danced before the Lord with all of his might. When you dance before the Lord, it's an expression of what's happening on the inside. Yokes are destroyed. Burdens are removed. When we step out and we express that joy of the Lord, you can run. Hallelujah. Because the joy of the Lord is welling up on the inside of you. You can leap. You can spin. You can laugh. And I would have to say that laughter is one of my favorite ways to express joy. I heard a man of God say this, that joy has a voice. And that voice is laughter. When people are full of joy, just think about little kids. When something fun happens to them and they're full of joy, you know what they do? They start laughing. It's just automatic. They did, nobody told them to. They just started laughing. You remember when your kids were little and how thrilled you were the first time they smiled or the first time that they laughed. It's amazing. We were down, I was down there just a couple of weeks ago with our granddaughter and I, we took her to Disneyland and I, it was so fun. We went over into Toontown and we went into Goofy's house and in Goofy's house there was this big, huge, funny shaped piano and when you played the keys, it didn't even make music. But Livy's around music a lot so she knew what it was. She just walked right over there and started playing those keys and no music was coming out but she started singing and laughing and dancing and all these little kids were coming over there watching her play and dancing with her and there wasn't any music but she thought she was making music she knew that's what that was for and she got so tickled and so full of joy watching those other kids dancing with her that in one of the pictures that we took she is laughing so hard her eyes are closed she's going ah! joy it's a natural response for children when something good happens to them it's a natural response that god has put on the inside of us when you come in contact with your loving heavenly father you shouldn't be ashamed you shouldn't be intimidated about expressing your love and about getting happy for jesus about letting the joy of the lord be expressed on the inside of you And it's not just at the good times that we are to release joy. We just read about it in Philippians. Apostle Paul was telling us to rejoice when he was in prison. There's another man of God that experienced trouble, temptation, tests, and trials. But he learned the art of rejoicing. And his name was Job. Now, some people say, you got to be crazy. Job wasn't happy. Oh, I beg to differ with you. Look over at Job chapter 5, verse 22. He had things happening in his life that we shouldn't wish on our worst enemy. But yet, he tapped in to the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. If some people are in here saying, oh, I'm just like Job. So much stuff wrong is happening in my life. I'm as poor as Job's turkey. What in the world does that mean? I heard that growing up all of my life. As poor as Job's turkey. Who said that Job's turkey was poor? What in the world? No, you're not as poor as Job's turkey. 
And if you are Job, this is what you, you ought to be doing. In Job chapter 5, I want to look at it in the Amplified, actually, in verse 22. We all know, we don't need to go through all of that. We all know the difficulty that came upon Job. But this is what he learned in that, and this is how he got out of it. You want to get out of your problems? Do you want to get out of your tests and trials? Oh, most of you want to stay in them, is that right? Do you want to experience double? Do you want him to turn your captivity around? Well, here's a big key. Right here in Job 5.22. At destruction and at famine, I will cry. I will whine. I will complain. I will get stressed. I will worry. I will fret. I will blame God. Oh, God, why, why, why did you let this happen to me? No, what did Job say? Job said this. At destruction and at famine, you shall laugh. Let's all practice. Ha, of laughing and all of that. But I love something that I heard one authority say about laughter. And this was a doctor in the world. He said all these benefits about laughter, what it does for your blood pressure and all. I mean, it's just wonderful what happens to us when we laugh. But I love this phrase. He said, go ahead and laugh. Even if you have to fake it, your body doesn't know the difference. (laughs) And you still reap the benefits. That's good news. Amen. Well, listen, we don't have to go anywhere. So let me just tell you something here about laughter. Psychologists say laughter is the best way to deal with stress and its mental and physical effects. Laughter improves our health. It helps our immune system fight disease. Laughter lowers our blood pressure and fights heart disease. It's a merry heart really does do good like a medicine. Proverbs 17, 22. They're getting this out of the Bible. Laughing is one of the medicines prescribed by the great physician. Now listen to this. Many are under laughed. You know, people can be undernourished. Too many of God's people are under laughed. Some studies have shown that healthy people laugh at least 15 times a day. Three good belly laughs give you the optimum benefits. Brother Jimmy, I know you're going to live long and many strong because you know how to laugh. You know how to rejoice in the Lord our God. Now this ought to inspire some of us. A Stanford study said that a hundred times a day of a good belly laugh is equivalent to 10 minutes on the rowing machine. Ha, ha, ha. You want to row? You want to go to the gym and row and sweat? Or you want to laugh? Ha, 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 ha. I choose laughter. How about you? Woo! (laughs) Now, Job obviously learned 
the benefits of laughter. And you know what? Releasing holy laughter. You know what? Releasing laughing at destruction and famine did for Job. Look over at Job chapter 42 verse 10. What are we been talking about today? Double. Double for your trouble. Oh, I love this passage of scripture. Job 42 verse 10. In the Amplified. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job and restored his fortunes when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave him what? Twice as much as he had before. Oh, do you want to have twice as much? I know that lack, pain, and discouragement can, can keep us from expressing the joy of the Lord. But folks, we are faith people and we can do it by faith. If you want double joy in your life, you got to do some double rejoicing. You got to give some expression to joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. We're going to walk in the benefits of the joy of the Lord. We're going to laugh in the Lord. We're going to do what he tells us to do. We're going to see sorrow and mourning flee away from us. How many of you want to jump in the river of double joy? Hallelujah. How many of you are willing to just step out and to do something for the Lord, just to release what you know is on the inside of you. Let's all stand to our feet and let's just see how the Lord leads and directs us tonight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Double, 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 double. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you there? All right. Thank you, Lord. As she was ministering this, and I'm going to be very brief, but uh, she was talking about the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul said that I can do all things through Christ, which what? So Christ is the Lord of joy. And there is an anointing that comes upon us when we rejoice in the Lord. You can expect that tonight. And then he said in Ephesians that we would be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. So the Holy Spirit is involved in our joy. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and Joy. In the Holy Ghost. Yeah, yeah. And then my concluding statement is this. He said in Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord. And I'm going to add this. Be strong in the Lord of joy. Now listen. And in the power of His might. So there is a direct correlation between you being strengthened and able to do all things through him and the might of the Holy Spirit coming upon you and enabling you to endure difficult times. So this is no lightweight thing. This is a reality. 
Now, we're going to do some rejoicing, but this just comes up in my heart. If you need a job or you need a place to live, you're suffering major lack in your household, get down here right now. Hallelujah.